All right. Preview for the third day of the round of 16 of this 2023 African Cup of Nations. This video, this podcast, it like all the others on our channel, I've brought to you by www.africasacountry.com. And uh, today we're just going to be previewing the Monday's two matches. Um, we have Mauritania versus Cape Verde in Abidjan. It's the early match at 5 p.m. And then at 8 p.m., Cote d'Ivoire versus Senegal. This is the match of matches. This is the biggest match we've had so far at this African Cup of Nations. Everything on the line, defending champions versus hosts, two of the favorites in this tournament. It's all on the line. So let's start with that match. And I'm, I think I'm going to start structuring these previews a little bit so I don't get lost in my thoughts. Let's start with the team news. Senegal are going to be missing Pap Gay. Pap Gay is uh, the young Marseille midfielder, left-footed. He's been having an absolutely fantastic African Cup of Nations alongside Lamine Kamara and Pap Matar Sar. Uh, they would make this 1-2 midfield triangle um, for the Taranga Lions, and he would be at the base of that midfield triangle. If there is no Pap Gay, and there won't be Pap Gay, I think the news is confirmed that he won't be playing tomorrow, you can expect Senegal to simply replace him with Nampalas Mendy, who started every single match in their 2021 triumphant run, or maybe Shikhu Koyate, two very experienced players um, that you know could easily fill in and do the job uh, that is necessary for Senegal at defensive midfield. Cote d'Ivoire, I'm struggling to find any team news. I think Adingra and Allaire uh, could be fit, but I don't think they could. They might start. Um, the press conferences, you know, when they started talking, wasn't too much asked about team news. Remember, Cote d'Ivoire come into this match with a brand new coach. He's an assistant coach that's been with the team for 18 months, but he's never coached anywhere in his life. He's never been a head coach anywhere else in his life. His name is Emers Faye. He's 40 years old, a former player for the Ivorian national team. Um, and I think he's been put in an unfair position because obviously he's taken this team over in the middle of the tournament. That's number one. Number two, the Ivorian Federation and the Ivorian government tried to bring in Hervé Renard in the middle of this competition after they um, thanked Jean-Louis Gasset for his services. And so even though he was named interim coach, he didn't even know if he was going to be interim coach and actually get to coach a match. Uh, but as Hervé Renard, uh, the French Federation and the Ivorian Federation couldn't find an agreement, uh, it is Emers Faye that's going to be uh, on the touchline. And I think uh, at the press conference, he did a great job of communicating. You know, he said, we lost 4-0 in the last match, and after you lose 4-0, uh, and then you're playing against a favorite in Senegal. Basically, he said, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. He's not going to try to completely, radically change his team. It's more about resetting the confidence and resetting their mentality. And he said, on paper, our quality is not so far off from Senegal's quality on paper. So it's more of a mentality thing. Aliou Sisse, in his press conference, said that, you know, Cote d'Ivoire, their last two defeats and the last two matches were an accident and that they're going to show another kind of performance in front of their fans in Yamoussoukro. So Aliou Sisse not really buying <laughs> uh, the hype that Cote d'Ivoire did. But I do think um, Cote d'Ivoire qualifying as one of the best third-place teams on that final day of the African Cup of Nations, you had to be here to understand how people felt. You know, they were singing, yes, we suck, but... We're through to the next round. Uh, people were celebrating. Thank you, Morocco, blah, blah, blah. They, they, it really felt like the, the tournament, as my colleague Celestine Caroni said, was buried, dead and buried, and it was resurrected. 
there's a new lease on life on this tournament after Cote d'Ivoire uh, managed to make it to the knockout stages through the back door. Um, and I wonder if it was, it, it can act as, you know, like, a, okay, now we're, now we're warned. We saw how bad things can get. We know we can't, absolutely can't accept that, you know. And now we're vaccinated and we're going to absolutely play our butts off to make sure that we don't embarrass ourselves uh, once again. According to reports from the Ivorian camp, uh, Ivorian journalist Malik Traore has mentioned that training sessions are much more serene in the last few days than they had been over the last few months even. Uh, if you even look at Nicola Pepe's Snapchat, you know, you see players dancing, even though they have one win and two losses in this tournament, but they seem more relaxed. It seems like there's a weight off their shoulders. Um, surprisingly enough, you know, I, I think paradoxically, you could think that it would be the other way around, that they might, you know, what could be worse than being humiliated 4-0 against Equatorial Guinea than humiliated again uh, and, and being eliminated? It's a double humiliation instead of a single one. But it does seem like the players are have taken a deep breath, collected themselves, have come together, and are motivated to change things. Um, the stadium that they're going to be playing in in Yamusukro only holds 20,000 people, and apparently there are already people sleeping outside, as I'm speaking to you right now, uh, in front of the stadium, because... Uh, for those that don't know, Cote d'Ivoire really is a country where everybody from the region immigrates to. Uh, so you have a huge Senegalese community. I eat Senegalese food every day for lunch, and it's fantastic. Um, so there's a big Senegalese community. They're going to be uh, in Yamoussoukro. I spoke to somebody yesterday that was going to the game from Senegal. Obviously, there's going to be a bunch of Ivorians as well at the game. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of journalists. I'm going to be there, and it's going to be huh, a logistical nightmare. But that stadium on the night is going to be a cauldron. It's going to be a fantastic atmosphere, too. So, again, much more pressure on the players, too. So how, can, how are we going to see this match unfolding? Both sides are going to play a 4-3-3. They aren't very complicated 4-3-3s, you know, unlike maybe a, a team like Cape Verde or maybe a team like um, Equatorial Guinea or even Nigeria, who played a little more, com like, some more complicated systems than, than these two teams. These two teams are... I mean, it's fairly simple how they play, but they play well. They both they both like to hold on to possession of the ball. Cote d'Ivoire are second in terms of uh, ball possession uh, in this tournament. But guess who's first? Algeria. And uh, that didn't do them any good. So Cote d'Ivoire, like Algeria, have had ball possession, but it's been stale ball possession. They haven't created much with it. But Senegal are also up there. They're, they're top six. Um, the midfield battle is going to be the most interesting to me. No pop gay for Senegal. And if there's one part of the Ivorian team that has functioned well, it was their midfield. Seko Fofana, Ibrahim Sangare, and of course, uh, Franck Kessier. That midfield battle is going to be interesting. And Cote d'Ivoire, what they have to do is they have to defend a little better. Um, there's going to be some big, big decisions that their coach Emers Fai has to make. Who's going to play right back? Serge Aurier or Wilfred Singo? You know, Jean-Louis Gassier was alternating be between the two and he couldn't really find who it was going to be. Who's going to be a center half? Willy Boli or uh, Usman Diomande? Usman Diomande started the tournament. Willy Boli came in because Diomande was shaky, and then they lose 4 0 against Equatorial Guinea. Who's going to play along the front line? We have absolutely no idea. They have six to eight players that could play along that front line, and it could be any of them that would start this match. And it wouldn't be a surprise at all. It wouldn't be a shock at all, except for maybe Karim Konate, the, the 19 year old striker. So. That's the that's why Senegal have the advantage in this match. Senegal know who their best eleven are. They know 
uh, they've proven that they can play with that best 11. Whereas Cote d'Ivoire, yes, they have the crowd support with them. However, I still don't know if they know who their best 11 are and if they're comfortable playing with one another. And that's why I'm going to pick Senegal to, to qualify. Um, and I'm going to say that they're going to do it with a 2-0 or 2-1 victory. Now, what about the first match of the day? Mauritania versus Cape Verde. Team news, there's nothing noteworthy. No significant injuries or suspensions. In the press conferences, uh, the, uh, I almost said Comoros coach, the Mauritania coach, Amir Abdu, said um, that Cape Verde are a great collective team as opposed to a great individual team like Algeria, which he played in the last round. He said that Cape Verde can score goals but can also concede goals. And Cape Verde's coach, Bubista, said, um, you know, Mauritania had a great win versus Algeria, and they're very solid defensively, and that this is going to be a tactical encounter. So these two teams are, are opposite teams, really. And uh, I could see Cape Verde definitely having more possession of the ball. Mauritania sitting back. Mauritania lead the tournament in the most amount of tackles, the second most amount of interceptions, the least amount of ball possession in this tournament, whereas Cape Verde is more in the middle of the pack. Uh, Cape Verde will want to play on the ground. You know, they'll want to play out from the back. Their front six, absolutely amazing. You know, from Duarte to Pina to uh, Jamiro Montero to Bebe to Cabral, Giovanni Cabral, uh, Ryan Mendez. That front six has been ooh, really, really good. Um, even, uh, what's his name? Logan Costa, their center half, has been one of the best defenders in this tournament as well. So Cape Verde in my opinion, are favorites. Um, but Mauritania can make life difficult for them. Uh, before I go on to a prediction, I forgot to tell you that I'm hearing that hundreds of Mauritanian fans are coming down for this match to Abidjan. There is an unprecedented amount of fervor uh, for the Murabitun back home. The president of the country called the players and, of course, the federation president. Uh, and they have a little bit of a quiet confidence about them. Both sides do. So... The question really is going to be, one, Cape Verde get into their shape and pass the ball and push Mauritania back. Can they break Mauritania down? If they can, can they beat Babacar Nias, their six-foot-four goalkeeper who's been one of the better goalkeepers in this tournament as well? If not, can Mauritania, uh, with you know uh, players like Ibrahim Tia, players like uh, Abubakri Koita, um, their technical attacking midfielders who are really good dribblers, can they just commit those players forward, stay in their shape, but just commit those players forward and uh, manage to get a lot of shots on target as they have in previous matches as well, despite the fact that they don't have a lot of possession of the ball. They do dribble a lot and they do shoot a lot. Um, and if so, can they trouble Virginia and Cape Verde goal? I'm not saying a Mauritanian victory is impossible. Me personally, if I were a betting man, I would put my money on Cape Verde. I think that they're going to win this match and I think they're going to win it comfortably. Um, 2-0 for me. So 2-0 for Cape Verde, 2-0 or 2-1 for Senegal over Cote d'Ivoire. Those are my predictions for uh, Monday's matches in the round of 16 of the 2023 African Cup of Nations. Thank you for watching. Let me know uh, what you think, how you think today's games are going to go. Uh, do check out africasacountry.com. And uh, tomorrow we'll be talking to you. Well, after the matches, actually, I'm going to do a recap uh, of both of the matches. Maybe, maybe from a taxi on the way back from Yamasukro to Abidjan. Take care, guys, and I'll speak to you tomorrow. Peace.